Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east. They came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king among the, of the Jews? For we observed his star in, at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all, all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, and you, brethren, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from, from them, and learned, from, I'm sorry, <clears throat> and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, <clears throat> bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw this, they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gold, their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Judy. Um, I think I'm going to go down on the floor so that folks can hear choir. If you want to come out so you can hear a little bit better, that way I won't have to turn in both ways. There we go. <clears throat> Please pray with me. Loving God, thank you for all the ways that you come to us and make manifest your love in our lives. As we gather around your word, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds, that we might um, take in your word and live out your word for the blessing of the world you love so very much. Amen. One night, the Magi were out studying the sky. That's what they did. Night after night, they searched the sky for meaning. And one night, they saw something new, a new star rising. They came to understand that this star signified the birth of a new king, one who would be called Messiah, 
or Christ, and they set an intention. The Magi said to each other, let's follow that star and find out what it means. They set an intention, and then they set out on a journey. It's fascinating to read the story as we have it in Scripture, as Judy just read it, just after we have sung it in in the We Three Kings song. The contrast between the two is clear. Over the years, we have put together a popular story of the three kings that's a bit different from what we know from Scripture about the Magi who visited Jesus. Sometimes we bring the three kings even into the nativity story on Christmas Eve, but we know that this story came later. The Magi have had time to travel. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph have settled into a house, no longer in a stable, where the Magi eventually find them. As Patrick said, we know that the Magi weren't kings at all. When we call them wise ones, we come a little bit closer, but they really were astrologers probably from Persia. They studied the sky like I used to study the law, (laughs) like I now study scripture. They studied the sky for meaning. So it would probably be more accurate to sing, we three astrologers from Persia are. But I know that doesn't quite have the same ring to it. And even then, Scripture doesn't say that they were three, just that they were plural, more than one, maybe more than three, and they weren't necessarily men. It's totally possible that there were wise women among them too. These magi, these astrologers, they are studying the sky. They see a new star rising, and they set an intention. They set out on a journey. Now, we know that their journey was not uninterrupted. They set out and they follow the star as far as Jerusalem. We don't know what happened, but they stop and they ask for directions. They seek information that will help them find their way. We've seen this star. Can anyone help us find the one who has been born king of the Jews? Enter King Herod. They ask this question, and Scripture says that King Herod and all the people in Jerusalem are terrified. The story becomes dangerous. King Herod hears them ask where they might find the one born king of the Jews, but Herod is king of the Jews, basically a puppet king of the Roman Empire, but a king nonetheless. And Herod knows that there can only be one king, so much so that when the wise ones don't help Herod find Jesus, after this story, after the verses in this morning's scripture, Herod will launch a genocide to eliminate the rival baby king. The wise ones find themselves following the star right into the midst of Herod's treacherous world, so they pack up their things, pick back up with their original intention, and they follow that star all the way to Bethlehem where they find Jesus, Mary, and Joseph now living in a house. The Magi enter the house and the world, the world opens up. The text says that they rejoice with exceedingly great joy. It's just overflowing, cascading as they pay homage to the baby. And when the rejoicing, they give, the, they give him gifts befitting a king, they rejoice in the world that is born with him. And when the rejoicing is complete, they head home. 
not back to Herod. They've experienced Herod's world. They know what it's like. So scripture says, warned in a dream, they reset their intention and go home by another way. An epiphany. An epiphany is an experience of something being made manifest in the midst of us, something coming to life, something we can see, something we can hear and come to understand, something we can feel in our bones. In the Gospel of Matthew, what is being made manifest is the new world that God is recreating in the coming of Christ. Herod's world is the old world the world they know, the crumbling world, a world of power over and oppression and death in the coming of the Christ, the God who has accompanied them down through the generations makes manifest in Christ God's new world, a new order, a new way of living and of structuring our lives, a new humanity. And in the second chapter of Matthew, the Magi, the wise ones, they've traversed the death-dealing world of Herod, and they discover the world that is opening up in the birth of the Christ. And they have done that by setting an intention and following the star. We are in a season of setting intentions, the start of a new year where many of us take a breath in our journey, reflect and make New Year's resolutions of things that we'd like to change or begin or end in the first days of a fresh year, a fresh new start. Now, I can even tell in this room, folks have a range of reactions when I mentioned the New, year, new Year's resolutions. They may range from eagerness to dread or maybe even a rolling of the eyes. Maybe with memories of resolutions in years past that haven't made it all that far past January. I'd like to reframe this tradition of New Year's resolutions and invite us to think for a bit in terms of setting intentions. The spiritual practice of setting intentions I mentioned last Sunday three kinds of start-of-the-day spiritual practices, mindfulness practices that also offer a starting place for a fresh new year. We've talked about the practice of gratitude, a daily practice of pausing, reflecting on the life just lived and giving thanks, living in the whole of life, in the ups and downs, but not letting the ups slip by unnoticed. And we've learned that science tells us what religious traditions have long taught, gratitude is good for us. Last week, we talked about the practice of awareness or mindfulness, taking some moments to breathe and to be aware of things as they are, the good and the not so good, living in what is real. This morning, I thought we'd talk some about the practice of setting intentions at the beginning of a new day, also fitting at the beginning of a new year. The spiritual practice of setting intentions is really about taking a moment at the start of the day before we rush headlong into the hustle and bustle, taking a moment and thinking of the qualities by which we want to live our lives and then setting an intention to actually live by those. 
It's about, about not letting the swirl of the world guide and govern our days and instead being intentional, remembering what matters most and living with that as the intention by which we structure and inhabit our days. It's really a very simple practice. In the morning before the day cranks into motion, take a few moments and settle in. Think on the day that lies ahead. What's on your schedule? What's on your diary? Who do you expect to see? And then ask, what qualities do I most want to bring into this day? Is it compassion or calmness or courage or hope or stability or maybe being a listening presence? What qualities do I most want to embody today? And then what might that look like in the day ahead? If it's compassion, what would it look like to live out compassion today? What might the challenges be? Sometimes you can see them coming. Where might it be tough to be compassionate in the day ahead? And then set that intention, compassion. Today, that's what matters most. That's what I want to live out in this day. And when I drift from it, I'm going to come right back to it. And that's where, that's where I think there's a subtle but important difference between making New Year's resolutions and setting intentions. When we make a New Year's resolution and we break it, we can think, well, that's it. Didn't make it again. The power of an intention is that we can set it and then return to it and return to it and return to it. That is the nature of an intention. You set the intention at the beginning of the day, and when you find yourself drifting from it, you just return to it. Grace abounds in that moment. The intention is actually working. It's working powerfully to bring you back. It is there to bring us back to what matters most. Drifting from the intention gives us the opportunity to return to it. There's some science to this too. New Year's resolutions sometimes can be a wish, a wish for a change, and they're not anchored, and that's part of why they don't work sometimes. Setting intentions and leaving into them over time helps us ground our living and our habits in the things that matter the most, in our values, in the qualities we want to inhabit in the world. With that grounding, we can link new habits to existing habits that reflect those values. We can live those intentions out together in community with others who share those values. We do this together with the same mutual accountability. Now, when I post this sermon, um, I'll put in the footnotes uh, some references to a couple of very accessible books, easy reads, that reflect the cognitive behavioral psychology behind this. Now, of course, as those who follow Christ, it's not just any intention. We're not talking about waking up in the morning and saying, my intention today is to dominate this world. Or my intention is to win at all costs. For the Magi, the intention is to find their way to the life of Christ. We can think of that as the big intention the big intention from which all our other intentions flow. And really, it's a test as to whether our daily intentions reflect what matters most. 
What qualities do I want to embody today that reflect the new world, the new life made manifest in the life of Christ? Yes, compassion. Yes, justice. Yes, mercy. You may think back on today's worship and say, I want to set an intention for gratitude or curiosity or persistence or for being creative and collaborative when things don't go the way you expect them to. Now, in just a moment, we're going to give everybody a little gift that might be a help in setting intentions as we move into the new year. In recent years, a number of communities have embraced an epiphany tradition of something called star words, not star wars, star words. I first encountered this at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Napa, where I did my internship, a congregation I love. I learned it from one of my mentors, Dina Reed, who a few of you know. Star words are just that. It's an epiphany star with a word written on it, a quality or hope like the intentions we've been discussing. The star word is a gift that you can carry into this new year. Make of it what feels right to you. Return to it when you need to. This is just one star word. I've got a couple of them that I've received over the past 15 years or so. And as I was writing the sermon, I looked up and they actually sit on my desk. Just a reminder of the gift that I received at the beginning of that year. Um, this is prayerfulness. The other one I have on my desk is hospitality. A reminder of those worthy intentions. So as we sing our prayer song in a bit, you'll invite, be invited to come forward. We have the prayer words, the star words in the basket. And for those of you who are here, you can get them. Just reach in and pull one out. Don't, no need to study through them. If you've got one you just actually cannot live with, I'll put them at the back and you can, you can swap them out after church. But there's, there's really something to receiving the word as a gift. It might not be the word that you produced for yourself. Um, but I, I've reviewed all the words, so they've passed some quality control. And for those of you online, um, I have words that I would love to send to you if you would like that. So all that you need to do is um, put your uh, name, address would help too, so I don't have to look it up in the chat. Uh, you can do that in the chat, or you can uh, message Mary Catherine, and she'll get that, that chat to me, or you can email me, and this week, um, by Wednesday, I'm going to try and do it on Tuesday, but by Wednesday, I'll get you a star word in the mail, in the mail as well. The Magi set an intention and set out on the jury, and before we wind up, I want to notice a few things about that journey. We've already said that their intention and their journey were not uninterrupted. Life gets in the way. We know about that from this morning. The real gift of an intention is that you can always return to it. Grace abounds. Notice that their intention to find their way to Christ takes them right into the midst of the world of Herod. They live out their intention. We live out ours in a world where power over still harms too many. Our intention to find our way to Christ may bring us face to face. It will bring us face to face with the struggles of the world. So if your intention is compassion, that may lead you to extend kindness to a friend. It may also challenge you to see the unkindness in the world writ large. The systems 
that grind away and harm the vulnerable. That intention may insist that you step up and say true things plainly. That we relinquish ways of living that participate in the hurt and harm of the world. That we work together as we build with God this new world where everyone can thrive. Notice that as the Magi's journey unfolds, there are times when they have to reset their intentions. Finding their way to Christ means that they have to abandon the road that leads back to Herod, the way they've come, the way they know, and find their way home by another way. We may have to change our minds and our lives. And most of all, notice this. The Magi are never alone. God guides them there and safely home. And however many of them were, we know that they were plural. There were more than one of them. They set their intention together. They braved a trek through Herod's world together and found their way to Christ together. Still on the threshold of a new year, that's our invitation too. The invitation is to set our intention to find our way into the life of Christ, to follow that star together wherever it might lead.